0: Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week, I'll be looking back at some of the most iconic TV shows and cartoons of all time. This week, we're gonna be looking at a show with a strange flying object that came from Roman times, going up against a show with a strange town where strange things are commonplace. Aquila will be taking on Erie, Indiana. So we've got a UK versus USA head to head. And for the main event, We'll be reminiscing about your favourite show straight out of New Zealand. That's right, you guessed it. We'll be taking a special look at The Tribe and looking at all five seasons of this incredible show. Woo! Now let's get started. And joining me today, it's producer Paul once again. Hey Paul, how's it going? Hey man, how's it going? I'm good. I'm very well, thanks. I've got a, a healthy milk
1: update. A healthy milk update, okay. Yes, I tried almond milk the other day. Oh, not another one. Okay, go on. I was not sold.
0: I was not sold. I I didn't really like it. Okay. It was not as good as uh, coconut milk.
1: Okay, it's good that you're not going completely that way. (laughs) (laughs) No.
0: It was a lot sweeter than I thought it would be.
1: I think that the milk, they kind of taste really creamy. Like, uh, almost kind of too creamy, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I don't want them to be... I don't wanna be chewing my coffee, I wanna be drinking it. Yeah,
0: know? yeah. No, but it was it wasn't that it was too creamy or, or chewy, it was just it was too sweet.
1: Did you get the unsweetened one or the sweetened one though?
0: I have no idea. I I just asked for almond milk, thinking that I would be a lot more healthy. And I thought, right, this seems like a good idea, let's have some almond milk and it was just way too sweet for me and I was like, Nope. I don't
1: See I I do have a very sweet tooth. I I like Yeah, I do too. I I like my coffee to be quite sweet. I always have something with chocolate in it or a syrup in it or something. But I draw the line at different milk. (laughs) It's gotta be straight from the cow. We'll we'll be back next
0: week with another healthy milk update. Right, let's uh (laughs) let's talk about what we what we're really, really here for. And I think we should start with uh, Erie, Indiana. So let's go back to September 1991. And so some of the things that were happening at this time. Jerry Lewis had a uh, telethon for the 26th muscular dystrophy thing. And it raised an astonishing £45,071,657. I hope I said that right. I hope so, I and that right. was
1: in one night. I think the so, telephone. yeah.
0: that was one night. I mean, I think America is a lot bigger because normally, like in Comic Relief, everyone gets excited when it's like literally ten million, and it's like over the course of the weeks and the months and.
1: Do they count pledges in that as well? I probably. They must do, right?
0: Um, I would, I would imagine so. And uh, Nelson Mandela was chosen as president of the African National Congress, and also Jerry Springer made his debut with the, the Jerry Springer Show. Jerry, 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 and uh, the Fisher King was the uh, the biggest movie in September 1991, and uh, Marky Mark and the Funky it's Bunch such a- with Good Vibrations oh, just like the one this it's is a uh, Mark. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: Matt, Matt. See, I didn't even know about his musical career uh, at all. Uh, I think his
0: brother is in New Kids on the Block. Donnie.
1: Uh his, hang on, is it him or his brother that's in Band of Brothers? I
0: don't know about Band of Brothers, but I know New Kids on the Block. Donnie Wahlberg was in. Donny Wahlberg. Yeah, he was in New Kids on the Block. I know one of the Wahlbergs was in New Kids on the Block. I can't remember who but i'm sure it might have been both of them actually
1: it was donnie Wahlberg and band of brothers
0: is that another musical group or
1: no that was a uh what year was it uh let me get this right don't don't cut me off <laughs> uh where was it so I uh, it was a 2000 oh here we go so 2001 Two th- okay this is 2001 uh 10 part series uh, is a, a kind of. Um, what you, what it's a kind of war film, ten part series. Okay. Uh, concentrating on the 101st Airborne um, of uh, World War Two. Right. So yeah, "Marky Mark and the and
0: the Funky Bunch" is a incredibly catchy song. And also, this was when oh. Erie, Indiana, first came to our TV screens. And so it's basically about a teenager called Marshall Teller and his family moved to a desolate town called Erie in Indiana with the population 16,661. And this town is just, it's really weird. It's really eerie as the title suggests. And loads and loads of things happen. His family are fairly indifferent to all of the stuff that happens. He has one friend, Simon, who kind of understands what he thinks and he kind of understands and sees what Marshall sees. So that was uh, Erie, Indiana. What are your uh, sort of first impressions when you kind of laid eyes on it?
1: I had never heard of Erie, Indiana. At for, all? For, at all. Not, not, never come across it before. Never saw it. Never even heard of it. Wow. Um, so... This was a, like a complete revelation to me. Um, did you? Is Erie a real place, or is that just a play on words kind of thing for the for the show? I'm going to say yes. Do you think?
0: Okay. I think Erie's a real place. I mean, we we can look it up. I guess. Well, let's, let's
1: have a let's have a little fact check. Maybe we'll, do, we'll fact check it at the end. Yeah. Um, I I loved it. Completely loved it. I I I was shocked because I'd never heard of it. I thought it must be one of these um, kind of you know quirky little things. It was kind of very Tim Burton esque um, feel for me. Yeah. Maybe more of like a kind of dumbed down kids version of it. It was kind of very uh, Edward Scissorhands at the beginning. Ah. Uh, that's that's the vibe I got right at the beginning. It's anyway. funny
0: because one of the, someone Matt Matt Rush or Matt Rush. He's a, I think a, a journalist and he wrote that Eerie recalls Edward Scissorhands and even, heaven help it, David Lynch in its garish nightmare comedy depiction of the lurid and silly horrors that lurk beneath suburban comforty. Is that a word? Com- oh, conformity. <laughs> we'll keep that in. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Okay, I'm going to read that again. that again. I'm going to read that again. Eerie recalls Edward Scissorhands and even, heaven help it, David Lynch, in its garish nightmare comedy depiction of the lurid and silly horrors that lurk beneath suburban conformity. We're <laughs> going to keep you, both of those Did you in. notice me slowing down? <laughs> 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 but yeah, you, you, you were kind of on the, the right sort of...
1: Oh, I'm well, glad I got, um, yeah, wasn't completely alone on it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I
0: think, yeah, USA Today described it as being Stephen King by way of The Simpsons. So it was kind of spooky and creepy, but...
1: You kind of had that... Um, it was spooky and creepy, right? It wasn't... um well, no, I, mean, I think that's was, the whole point. It wasn't just the, outright the scary or, you know, it wasn't like kind of jumpy or anything, but it was just like kind of weird, mm, you know? Mm. What, what, what did you think of it?
0: Well, now I actually remember watching Eerie Indiana as a kid. So he used to come on Channel 4. And I remember, I think, Tuesdays and Thursdays on Channel Four. I just used to remember watching eerie indiana It was just one of those things where we all, like as kids, we would just at home be watching it. We wouldn't even know what half the time it's going on, but we just. I remember the theme song. I remember Marshall. So it was just one of those things where I remember reasonably well, kind of, kind of watching it. And one of the 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 interesting things about eerie Indian* was uh. Marshall, who was played by Omri Katz, he was also in uh, Hocus Pocus. He plays—I um, can't—I can't remember his name. I'm not even gonna bother. But uh, yeah, he—he's one of the uh, main characters because obviously there's the boy and the girl, the the little girl. But yeah, he was in uh, the Halloween cult film Hocus Pocus.
1: And that's a film I haven't seen for a long time. I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I feel like I remember a bit where the witches get wet and then they, they pretend to be melting and they're like, no, you're in trouble now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, with Hocus Pocus, it was kind of like back, back, back in the day when it, when it came out, it was, it was hot, it was great and whatnot. And then for like 10, 15 years, everybody forgot about it. And now all of a sudden, right now it's, it's like, oh damn, this film is great. It's awesome. Maybe because, you know, it's got young Sarah Jessica Parker in it as well. so, And I think the little girl went on to be a famous actress as well. So that was one of the um, did things right, about um, Hoax Pokes that was good. Yeah, and uh, starring uh, our man Marshall. And uh, in terms of uh, episodes of uh, Eerie Indiana, which ones caught your eye?
1: Uh, the main one was the only one I watched. <laughs> Which is series one, episode one, I think But it Foreverware it, uh, Yeah, exactly But I, I feel like it wasn't a It wasn't kind of like a pilot First episode-ish It didn't have that feel for it It was kind of like a Each It felt like each episode wouldn't have mattered It wouldn't have mattered if I have watched the 40th episode Or the first one It didn't have that kind of They moved there, I think, in the first episode Yeah I, I, Or was that in the I think intro? it was
0: kind of Yeah, because he says, oh, oh, I'm Marshall I'm originally from New Jersey, but my family has now moved to uh, Erie.
1: But yeah, but that was in the intro, right? It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it doesn't matter where you kind of watch this from, or does it? Or does it kind of does does it evolve? Uh,
0: for me, the the first episode did feel like a pilot. Do you reckon? I think so. Because we're we're getting to know all the, the characters. We're getting to know who everybody is, and I think in the intro, because he's writing a journal. Yeah, saying so, you know, oh, I'm confused me If you read this journal, it probably means that I'm in big trouble or I'm dead. We have just moved to Erie, and so he's introducing every of the family members. So it it felt very much like a pilot. So to
1: me. what confused me was because in the intro, he's kind of writing that oh, I'm going, oh, I might be dead if you're reading this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, And then they kind of move to where they where they are in the first episode, right? Or am I making it up again? I can't. I don't remember. know.
0: No, because obviously, when you have the uh, the pilot, not the pilot, but the intro, it's kind of him going, "Oh, you know, I'm Marshall. This is a typical suburban town in America. Blah 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 blah." And then
1: boom, yeah, we uh, get hit with the. Just kind this
0: of- is in Indiana. It's really freaky, and there's only one person who, who 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 understands me and who who gets me and all and all that stuff, and then the very first sort of scene is kind of him introducing who he is who his family are why they moved from New Jersey yeah. to Erie yeah I guess so it felt very much like a a pilot
1: I feel like it was just it was just kind of bookended by these two you know this is this was my little treasure cave and I might die and then this is what we're putting in my treasure cave and he put in like a sandwich that was well, like 40 years old in it or something <laughs> And, and what's, the, uh, what's the friend's name? I've forgotten the friend's name. Oh, Simon. Simon came out of nowhere. I, think I looked away for five seconds and he was in the show and he was like, his best, mate? <laughs>
0: That's it. Blink,
1: blink and you miss it. <laughs> but but saying that, it was very good. I like, really, really enjoyed it. It's
0: one, it's one of those shows where, for me, it's a lot better than I remember. Yeah. It's one of those... I, I mean, when I remember watching Your Indiana back, back when I was a kid, it was one of those where... Oh, it's on! I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna enjoy it, and then you forget about it. But now I was because I watched uh, a few a few of the episodes, and I really, really, really enjoyed those episodes. I think the first episode was was pretty good with the whole foreverware, Tupperware, where you can keep anything fresh, and that includes human life. So the the little boys who never ever grow up, the uh, the mum who never ever ages and then that was really really
1: good yeah so I th- that was um, and obviously when they take it off then they age like the four yeah. years in, in one day or something <laughs> like that it's quite really good but I thought that was kind of um, uh, Hitchcock-esque as, yeah. w- as well like yeah. that kind of reminded me of Psycho that mm-hmm. that whole obviously it's kind of not a normal base because she's not a woman um, a, a man dressed up as a woman or anything but it just kind yeah. of had that whole uh, kind of creepy entrapment kind of feel to it you know we've mm-hmm. a person getting stabbed to death in the shower
0: <laughs> so i think yeah they they kind of found a they they struck a balance really well with the whole creepy and making it kind of cute and funny and always kind of reminding us that yeah it's a kids show it's not it's not going to be too intense and deep and crazy it's always going to go back to the, 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 the notion and the idea that it's very, very much a, a kid's show and they're going to do everything to kind of stick to that. Now, a couple of the episodes that I watched that I, I really, really liked, so one of them was Heart on a Chain. So there's this kid, Devon, and he's classmates with Marshall, and they both fall for a new girl, Melanie Monroe. And she basically, it's got nothing to do with Marilyn Monroe, it's obviously a
1: play, though, isn't it? Sure, probably, probably,
0: yeah. And she comes to Erie, but she needs a, a heart transplant. And basically, Devon, he's a bit of a, a wild child. He's always saying, oh, live fast, die young, make for a pretty corpse. I think that was the, the line that he always kept saying.
1: And he made for a, for a pretty corpse? Yes, he
0: did. Yeah, so he gets hit by a milk truck. and A he... milk truck? He dies, yeah, a milk truck. Uh,
1: uh, an electric one? No. Like in, like in the UK where they're like... <laughs> <laughs> it goes so slowly. It must have been horrible.
0: No, yeah, so he gets hit by a, a milk truck, which was very, very tragic. And so Melanie ends up getting his heart because obviously she needs a, a new heart. And so she ends up getting Devon's heart. And then she starts acting a little bit like uh, Devon. So she's saying, "Oh, live fast, die young, make for a pretty corpse," and being, you know, going around in a, a skateboard and just skating around and just behaving really, really reckless. And then every time her and 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 Marshall try to have a, a moment alone, her heart starts to beat. And so that's Devon inside, who's a bit jealous, and he doesn't want to let Melanie go. And so, in the end, she goes to his um, to his grave, and she kind of puts the because he, he gave her a, a heart necklace, and so she says, "Look, let me go. I want to want to live my life. I want to do do everything." And she kind of agrees with Marshall. Look, maybe we're not right for each other, and we should just go our separate ways. I think I've kind of said had my peace and I've said goodbye to to Devon and. Yeah, so they just kind of go their separate ways, and I really enjoyed that episode.
1: It's I thought you were gonna so say she got hit by a coconut milk truck. No. <laughs> I mean,
0: it is 1991, so uh, regular milk is still has still got uh, a, a tremendous reputation.
1: That's probably what it did it in the first place. Calcium,
0: <laughs> bone, <Boom. laughs> all that tripe about how good milk is for you. But uh, the other episode that, uh, that I watched and enjoyed was uh, The Lost Hour. And so basically, apparently in Indiana, the state of Indiana, not even just Erie, the state of Indiana, they don't put their clocks back an hour for like daylight savings or, and whatnot. And Marshall's like, sod it, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to put my uh, clock back an hour. And so he finds himself in The Lost Hour. So it's just basically him in this sort of time space continuum thingy, and he's sort of lost in this uh, lost hour. And there was a when he was having his breakfast, there was a, a missing girl in the uh, the milk carton, and so Marshall finds this girl. I think her name was Nikki, and so he's basically telling her, "Look, we're in this lost hour." I can get you back home to, I think she's from Kansas. So he's saying, look, I can get you back from Kansas, but we need to um, get out of this lost hour. Like you've been missing for a year. Your family miss you. And she was kind of resigned to the fact that she's going to be stuck here forever. And there's these sort of like creepy bin men who try to chase her and and Marshall because they're going to take them somewhere because obviously they're not really supposed to be in this lost hour and this sort of, split between time and so it kind of ends with an older version of Marshall who again poses as a milkman I think that's the running theme of uh of Erie, Indiana and so he's basically saying look you need someone from your world to kind of set your clock back so you can go back to exactly the same pace as you was so Marshall kind of gets Simon's help so he kind of communicates within the milk truck and then he sees Marshall's face on a missing like missing on a milk carton so he's saying look Simon you need to set my watch back to 12 o'clock or whatever the time was so I can sort of get back to to normal and so he helps Nikki get back to her family and Simon helps Marshall get back to his time and his sort of world and so they kind of figure it out in the end. So that was uh, another really, really good episode.
1: So I figured out a couple of plot holes. Right. Surely you'd only ever be missing until the clocks go back or forward. So w- like in March or when do, they, when do they go forward? In March? Yeah. Right. So when yeah. they go forward in March, you'd only ever be missing until October. When they go back again, surely because then your watch would be correct. But I think it's just an hour. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So you, if you're say you're like oh, I'm not going to put my watch back, and you go into the lost hour, then by the time you get back to, month, no, but
0: he the reason no because he put his watch back. In, in Indiana, they don't do that at all. They just carry on.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So when it goes forward again,
0: it, no, it, no, because it, it was going back. It wasn't going forward. It was
1: going back. Yeah, but in the next time, it would have gone forward, right? The next time the clock's changed, would, they would have gone yeah, forward in the rest of the states.
0: They don't do it, though.
1: Yeah, but... And he would have got it back anyway. It would have been normal time for everybody.
0: I'm confused.
1: I'm just thinking the little girl should have only been missing for six months. Or for however long.
0: She'd been missing for six a year. Months, yeah. No, but she'd been missing for a year.
1: But why, though?
0: Because she was stuck in this... You but a clock... And, and she wouldn't believe... Unless the, the milkman as well. I think that's part of it as well. She didn't believe the milkman because milkman was trying to convince her. Look, I can help you get back to your thing, and she's
1: running out. away from the milkman. It's and she's own running fault away from. Listening.
0: Well, yeah, she like I said, she was resigned to the fact that she was gonna stay in this thing forever. So I think yeah, maybe it's on her too that she wouldn't sort of trust old Marshall.
1: Old Marshall,
0: yeah, the milkman turns out to be Marshall, I think. Oh, so anyway,
1: did. okay, fair enough.
0: I think, I think so. I think, I think that was the whole kind of sort of thing. Popless. It was meant to be him because he has, because he has like a, a necklace with uh, a key on it, and Marshall has the exact same one. So they're kind of looking at each other, going, "Am I? Yes."
1: All this time at school, and I end up being a milkman. <laughs> He gets mad and he goes back in time and then runs over his mate that's trying to get his girl. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Live fast, die
0: young, and whatever he says. Make for a pretty corpse. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's uh, go on to the next show. And we're going to December of uh, 1997. Now, some of the things that were... Happening in the world. The uh, federal judge sentences Autumn Jackson, who claimed to be Bill Cosby's daughter, 26 months in jail for trying to extort 40 million from him. Bet if she tried now. She'd probably be successful.
1: Do you think you're probably right?
0: Uh. Deno Senshi Porygon was an episode of Pokemon that made kids have, like, seizures in Japan. Oh, I heard about this, yeah. This is probably the one where it's, like, all the bright lights and, and all that stuff. I remember, like, seeing it in the uh, in the knees and just, like, all these kids are, like, kind of on the wrong end of a really, really bad seizure. I don't think they aired this episode. Of no, I think everyone came. was
1: kind of desperate to watch it and there's kind of, like, rumours that it was out and someone saw it and this and that and the other, but I don't think anyone did. I don't did think th- they ever aired it. No. Definitely not in the UK anyway.
0: I don't think so, no. Titanic was the, uh, the highest grossing film in uh, December 1997. And what was number one in the charts was Perfect Day by uh, a, load of, a load of artists. I think it was for um, Children in Need. We so kind of had like Lou Reed, Bono, David Bowie, um, Heather, Heather Small, that's it, from MP4. Tom Jones, Boyzone, Leslie Garrett. So yeah, that was, uh, that was number one in the charts. And uh, Aquila, a CBBC classic, which was the story of two boys, Dom, Tom Baxter and Jeff Reynolds, who find a, a, spa- a spacecraft when they were digging a field. Now, the first series of uh, Aquila was based on the book Aquila by a British author, Andrew Norris. Who then actually novelized the second series, but that didn't come out until uh, 2010. Now, obviously, this uh, Aquila is basically a, a two seat sort of a cockpit slash aircraft, which was sort of found in uh, sort of Roman times. And they find it next to uh, the skeleton of a, a Roman centurion. So that was uh, quite, quite interesting. And they actually find a way to communicate with uh, Aquila because initially it was sort of responding to them in Latin. So it has all this sort of weird contraptions and buttons and things like that. And once they kind of figure out what Aquila is and what it does, they can sort of communicate with it. They can kind of detect who's lying and who's not. And also they could sort of, it had like this sort of recording device within it. So they could find out about the history of Aquila, where it came from, some of the the journeys it kind of went through, throughout time and and space. So, uh, what are your kind of thoughts about Aquila? And
1: see, I didn't get anywhere near um, that finding out about what the spacecraft can do. What spacecraft? Is it a spacecraft? It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't realize that uh, it they knew about the um, recording and this and that and the Finding yeah, out yeah, about yeah. the history, never knew any of that. I just watched the first few episodes of series one, mm-hmm. and I have to say, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I, me too. I, I, it's another show. In fact, this quite is going to be a running theme to today. I had never heard of it, never, never come across. I mean, I watched. Did you not watch the BBC? I did a lot, but I just never, I never come across it. Never, never. I don't know what I was doing in nineteen ninety-seven, but it wasn't watching television. Apparently, maybe you're watching CITV. I did watch a lot of CITV. There you go. Was it on in the evening or the morning?
0: I think it was like on at sort of five o'clock. So they would always tend to... CBBC would tend to put all the the drama kind of programs at five o'clock. So I think that might be the reason why. I think
1: that's probably about the time that dad came home and we weren't allowed to watch TV anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Might explain a lot then. But no, there was... um, Again, Aquila was a lot better than I remember. And this, again, is another program that I remember very very well i remember watching it when it came out sort of i think tuesdays and thursdays it used to come on i like sort of after news round so yeah this was a a program that i again i'm watching it and okay the acting is not top notch but it, it never really put me off and i really really liked it i like uh the chemistry between tom and jeff it's quite interesting that their sort of mums are like kind of, not single mums, but I think, I think Jeff's mum was a, a single mum and Tom's dad kind of worked in France. So we kind of learned that down the line that he kind of works in, in Paris and I think he's still together with the mum, but we find out that Jeff's dad, he moved to Australia when Jeff was a kid and I don't think yeah, him and his uh, his mum are, are, are separated. And so some of the episodes that I watched that I really liked, so when they were testing the buttons, so this was the losing sight, they kind of discover the uh, invisibility function. Because they're thinking, oh, we want to take this spacecraft all to all over the place, but obviously they can't do it if they've been seen. So, you know, when I think Tom was playing about with the buttons and he realizes like, oh, snap, we're invisible. We, we can kind of take this to school. We can take this to Mars. We can take it to France or Australia and and basically all sorts. And uh, another episode from series one that I kind of liked was uh, manual control. And this is basically where Tom acquires like these really cool powers because his hand gets trapped in Aquila's dashboard. And so he ends up getting this sort of, like, scaly green arm. And so this arm just basically gives him all sorts of bending powers. He can, like, throw a ball really, really far. He's, like, breaking pencils left, right, and center. Like, I think one of the kids in school was kind of trying to give him a hard time. I think he just basically bent his bicycle and just... Yeah, so that was... A, an interesting one and uh series 2 so he only went for like two series and so the first episode as i was talking about th- it was the birthday surprise so basically uh tom wants to give his dad uh, a present so he goes and they t- him and jeff basically take aquila to to paris and this is when they sort of came back from the moon so that tom's like carrying an American flag and they're like, oh, and Jeff's kind of going, I can't believe you just did that. That was Neil Armstrong's flag. And he's like, oh, well, I'm collecting flags. This is really, really cool and whatnot. So they're like coming back from the moon. And so Tom's like, oh, I want to go and give my dad a present in in Paris. And, you know, little does he realize that his dad is coming to England because his mum is organizing a, a surprise birthday party. And so they're kind of, in Paris and the dog that's inside he presses a button which kind of locks them out of uh, Aquila and basically they get into it with like French security guards and police and they're all like what's, what's what is this what is this they're all kind of banging on the on the on the window and they somehow manage to get away and they make it back in time for Tom's dad's birthday party And then they actually take Aquila to Australia and they go to Jeff's dad's house, but he wasn't there. And so they just think, you know what? Okay, at least we tried. And they kind of leave. And uh, the other episode from series two, an elephant surrounded by blind men. And so, yeah, this is where they kind of learn about Aquila and its history. And they discover, like I said, it's kind of like a black box recorder. So they kind of find out about the centurion who kind of hid all this kind of gold and the gold or the coins and whatnot, which was sort of discovered by uh, archaeologists. And they sort of find out that about the sort of Romans who were there and they sort of kill this centurion guy. And kind of like the the backdrop or kind of like the other sort of story was uh, Jeff, Jeff's mum meets a guy and she really, really likes him and Jeff doesn't really like him. And he's basically saying, oh, according to Aquila, this guy's a liar. I'm going to expose him. I'm going to find out what a, what a lying little rat he is. And it turns out that he wasn't. Uh, he was genuinely telling the truth about being divorced, about having a kid. He thought that he was living with his wife, but it turned out to be his mom. And he was basically saying, look, Jeff, I really, really like your mom. I want to get to know her more and I want to get to know you more. And I want her to get to know my son, who kind of becomes part of their sort of trio. And he kind of knows about Aquila because only yeah, the only people who know about Aquila was uh, Mrs. Mrs. Daisy. I can't remember her name. I, I'm so bad with names. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mrs. Daisy. Yeah, so Mrs. Daisy knows about Aquila and she's the only one. And then this other kid, I think, Dunstall or something, his name was. It was something like that. And obviously, yeah, he's uh, potentially going to be Jeff's stepbrother. And the final ever episode of Aquila on Second Thoughts, Let's Panic. So they were coming back from a trip to Mars and Jeff and Tom read in the newspaper that someone has seen them. So and obviously they're in shock and then they kind of lose control over Aquila after landing and it kind of ends up in god knows where and so they're trying to find Aquila and they're trying to get themselves out of wherever they ended up and the little kid um Dunce or whatever his name is he drives Aquila and he kind of saves them and he's basically like I want to you know be part of you guys and be part of the gang and all this kind of stuff and I want to find out more about Aquila so that was Aquila it was only uh two seasons so about 12 episodes so again with the same with Erie Indiana there wasn't it was a shame that they they should have been more episodes I feel for for both shows
1: but sometimes I feel like it's better to Absolutely, smash it out of the park and then stop. Rather than um, just keep going and going and going until it kind of tails off into nothing. What that's do you think?
0: true. That's true. But yeah. it's particularly with Erie, Indiana. I was really surprised that it didn't get picked up for another season because I think it was only one series and they did about 19-20 episodes. It should have done more,
1: way, way more. But it, was it at the same time as uh, Goosebumps? Um, the was it uh, kind of running at the same time as Goosebumps? Possibly, um, because but... Goosebumps w- has done a lot better, right? Who's RL R- R- Stein? RL um, R- L- books. I had all the books as a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, same. And uh, I wa- I definitely watched goosebumps on tv yeah it had that kind of feel to it as well i have to say
0: i don't know i I just felt that because obviously when you're looking up and you're looking at it and you're trying to find episodes to watch and there's only a certain amount of episodes you're thinking damn that's a shame because back back in the day like they would happily like commission and green light more than one seasons for for shows it's not like today where it's kind of like the whole netflix era like right make or break do or die and i don't think it would have struggled necessarily for popularity or, or rating because it was it, it was a good show for 1991 and you know we're almost coming up to 30 years but it's kind of like it still held up reasonably well i thought
1: completely agree are we still talking about Aquila now?
0: No, we're talking about Indiana.
1: Oh. Either way, I've, I enjoyed them both, so... Um, so this will be a, a tough one, I think. Yeah. It's i kind mean,
0: of choose. You've got a
1: creepy, you know, kind of creepy TV show versus a Conker flying, Kids Find a Conker. <laughs> Before we get to the uh, decision thing, I think, we're just going back to, um, what's it called, Aquila... Right. Even like I like I said I only watched the first couple of episodes. I never even heard of, heard of it before. And it was, you know, it's kind of the kids TV show, kind of cheesy acting mm. of its time. I think it was kind of of its time, kind of thing. But I think it was I wonder why I didn't watch it as a kid because it's absolutely brilliant. I think and it had that kind of nostalgic feel about the whole whole thing and um you know, kind of figure out how they get the Mm. spaceship and this and that and they're figuring out. I mean, if they'd have found the invisibility button in the first or second episode, they'd have had a lot less hassle <laughs> because they had the whole first and second episodes figuring out how they're going to hide it. Yeah. Uh, and the they're like current.
0: thinking, how, we, how do we even use this thing?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, anyway, I, again, I just, I really enjoyed the whole, both shows. Yeah, notice. me too.
0: Me too. I just coming out of it and it's like, again, I would actually recommend both of these shows, and even though we are going to pick one, I think both these shows are winners for me. I think both shows are very, very good, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching watching both of them.
1: Yeah, I have to say, like, you know, coming out of the coming completely out of the blue, and uh, not knowing any of these, and just watching them straight off the bat, kind of side by side. Mm-hmm. Brilliant.
0: Okay, I'm um, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go with Erie, Indiana.
1: I'm really?
0: gonna go against the British show for the first time. I
1: think going it was to just with last Eerie Eerie week, wasn't it? two weeks ago. You were saying I'm <laughs> <laughs> going with the British shows.
0: Yes, flying the flag for Great Britain. But, um, no, it's just with with Erie, Indiana. Is the episodes that I watched really, really struck a chord with me? I really enjoyed. Watching them, there isn't a great deal. So I'm going to probably watch the lot. But yeah, just for the simple reason that Erie, Indiana was so much better than what I remember. So for that reason, I'm going to give it the edge. But like I said, both shows are winners. I think both shows were outstanding. I thoroughly enjoyed watching both of them. They held up reasonably well which a lot of shows don't do or haven't done so in that in that respect i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the indiana i'm gonna go with the american show for once
1: right so you said then about it you know kind of striking a chord with you for that reason i'm gonna go with aquila because that struck a chord with me it kind of had that uh from the TV shows at the time, it had that vibe, and it just brought me straight back to my childhood. You know, sitting down watching these shows, and same, then thinking, and same. even then, like, oh, I can't wait till listen. on. Like, Did <laughs> you see it? I didn't see it. Oh, what happened? And then back in the days, do you remember? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Did you see it? Um, no. I'll I'll catch up with it tonight. It was. I didn't see it. Ah, uh, your loss. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, what happened? Tell me what happened. And. Do you remember like you know when you leave the room as a kid and then you come back and you had to say, what happened what happened? Yeah. It, it wasn't a, like a I'm going to pause it come back and not miss anything. <laughs> um so it kind of just brought that back to me, you know, kind of that whole from from a kid thing. Um and I think that, you know, um and Diana was shot was shot well. It, the production values were quite high. Kind of had to, it really successful in how it delivered that creepy, spooky aspect of it. Um, but just for me uh, Aquila
0: last thing I'll say about Aquila it's one thing I did like was it was very again as you were saying very nostalgic you could see how like very British it is in terms of the streets in terms of how it's shot you know with the whole the valleys it's just with a very very English British backdrop which I kind of appreciated watching some of the kind of acting was very sort of
1: tongue-in-cheek kind of yeah it wasn't it wasn't the best acting but i just i think it didn't need to be and it didn't take itself too seriously you,
0: you know what this show ain't gonna win no baftas and that's okay yeah that's definitely okay and yeah i don't think both of these shows can be considered as the one that kind of lost out i think both shows are winners and uh good job right now and to the main event and we've got our first show from New Zealand which uh, takes us back to April 1999. Now this is where Wayne Gretzky he played his last game in the NHL as his New York Rangers lost 2-1 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now President Clinton and Prime Minister Zhu Rongji Failed to reach an agreement in Washington. And during that news conference, Prime Minister Zhu denied that China has stolen US atomic secrets. Uh, the biggest movie of the time was Entrapment and uh, TLC No Scrubs was number one in the charts. Now, this was where every girl in the playground would line up and sing all the the words to this song and it was kind of really like one of the, the first kind of songs to, to kind of really stick it to the men. I don't want no scrubs.
1: You're a scrub. You don't know. I don't think I've ever heard this song.
0: Could you be more white Paul right now? I
1: have to say I did grow up in a very white school a white area. (laughs) <laughs> In the countryside, very sheltered.
0: But this was the number one song, so I'm sure you would have.
1: Okay, I know this is it. this is kind of off piste but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to YouTube it just now, just so I can actually see if That's an advert. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! You're telling me you've not heard this song? You can probably hear it in the background a lot better than what Paul has got in his phone.
1: I have heard this song. <laughs> I have heard this song. <laughs> of course you have. Yeah. I mean I've never I have never really paid much attention to the lyrics or anything like that. We have killed this before. Um, um do you wanna pick that up or should we should we go back a bit? Or she was just crack on. Just go on, uh, just go on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. so I've heard the song. Anyway, I I don't know what else to say.
0: No, but it was it was like I said it was one of those songs where they're just like yeah. It was a song suck I suck kn- it, men.
1: I mean, it's a song I You're knew. A scrub. I didn't. I, I never listened to the never listened to the lyrics really. To be
0: yeah, the song is just basically about
1: men are scrubs.
0: Yeah, and men are men are men are, men are stupid and. We're not going to be mugged off by you anymore. So any any man who's basically a, a dosser is a scrub. Which is essentially what the song kind of boils down to. And obviously TLC was with the band that Lisa Left Eye Lopez was in. And she uh, unfortunately uh, passed away in 2001. So that was... Uh,
1: so two years later. Pretty much, yeah.
0: Again, is that a name that you're familiar with? No. She was in TLCs. Burnt her boyfriend's house down after he cheated on her.
1: Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Uh,
0: So yeah, now we're going on to The Tribe. So this was a post-apocalyptic TV series sort of geared towards teenagers set in the near future where adults are basically being wiped out by this uh, deadly virus which it's left the, uh, the children to fend me. for themselves. And obviously this is like an unnamed city, but it was, as I was saying, it's from New Zealand, so it's probably somewhere in, uh, oh, in New Zealand. It was uh, created by uh, Raymond Thompson and Hilary Duffin, and it was developed and produced by Cloud9, screen entertainment group in conjunction with Channel 5 in the UK. And so they went for five series and 260 episodes were produced. They ended in 2003 and they were going to do a a sixth series, but I think they kind of felt that it would be a bit daft because obviously the cast got older. So it's going to be less about kids fending for themselves and it was starting to stretch the kind of the, original proposition which was kids fending for for themselves and now the tribe
1: talk to me about the tribe let's talk about it so i the tribe who knew i i'd never heard of it before i'd never saw it on tv like i said there's a running theme i hadn't seen any of the shows that we've spoken about um, so I've written a few notes <laughs> about the tribe. Um, it has a very kind of like, it's very dramatic, like the, the music, mm-hmm. the feel to it. Uh,
0: I think the music throughout is fantastic. Yeah,
1: I thought it, but it's just constant as well. And, and I was, I was just kind of a bit, it, it took kind of took me back a little bit at first because I was I wasn't used to the fact that there was so much, you know, just kind of music, music, music. Um obviously it kinda of fits with what's going on, but I wasn't, was just kind of student film esque kind of uh music tracks running through it. Um and I so said it's probably more scary than zombies having uh kids running around in a po- post apocalyptic world. It, very strange, and they have like kind of makeup, and it was kind of Mad Max <laughs> thing, right? With all the makeup and a weird. I was hair. gonna say,
0: there's a lot of slap in the tribe.
1: Yeah, I mean, the makeup industry looks like the only thing that survived post-apocalyptic. You know, oh, they like, were booming. L'Oreal were smashing it, Max Factor, <laughs> they're, they're doing really Maybelline, good. whatever the other ones are called. Exactly. Any yeah, we're we're not we're not singling now. We're not getting endorsed by any of these companies, but you know, not yet. But if you do want to endorse us, just let us know.
0: Oh, oh please do. <laughs> um, I don't know who you are, yeah. but I know we, we all are, not- are popular. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just uh, holler at your boy, and uh,
1: we'll 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 work it out. Um, and I put rollerblades, roll rollerblades. They they loved them. I'm not sure if it was. I only watched the first couple couple episodes because like i said i've never seen it before well they're kids they can't drive cars well they were driving cars well someone was they were driving a police car around
0: yeah but i don't think yeah because they were all sitting at the top yeah and obviously you must have had someone driving the thing
1: yeah but all the adults are gone so it must have been a kid right right and the rest were on rollerblades and they weren't even that good at it either (laughs) do you know that kind of thing you do when you first ever get skates and you get trying to you're trying to stay up, but your arms are going everywhere. There's... Maybe
0: I think that's a deliberate thing.
1: Do you reckon? Because it...
0: all their parents have gone, so they can kind of do
1: They can play whatever they want to
0: do and set up a, a post-apocalyptic world and ride all the rollerblades and skateboards and, and all of that. So,
1: so I think I've, I wrote the notes about it kind of in the first five minutes of watching the episode. You know all of the things I noticed. It, it was kind of like in your face, It's like ah, 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 <laughs> and then, and then I was kind of just drawn into it. And I don't know what point in the episode where I was drawn into it and I cared about the characters because some of the acting is terrible. Um, it has to be said. Yes. And then, but then at the end, of the first episode ended, and I was like, "Yeah, but what happens? Right, I have to watch. Right. A, I have to watch another episode now." Exactly. And that—that's what kind of got me. I was a bit like. This is bad, that's bad, this is weird. Don't like that. this is weird, but what happens next
0: yeah, it was it's really strange because normally if you're watching a program and the acting's really bad, you kind of switch off, but not with not with the tribe, despite the 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 bad acting you're still kind of compelled to to carry on watching and i do I do think that. Antonia Preble, who played Trudy, was was fairly decent. I thought Ebony, who was probably my favourite, I thought she was decent. Can't... Um, God, what was uh, Ebony's name? Meryl Cassie, that's it. She was fairly decent. Amber, who was played by... Beth Allen, I thought, again, she was again fairly fairly decent but i think if you're kind of doing an overall kind of look at it then you would look at it and think oh the the acting's pretty naff but uh despite all of that you're you're compelled to to watch you 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 want to you want to see what happens you want to you want to continue watching you want to see where this where this kind of goes now unlike you again I remember the tribe very, very well. Like the I remember watching it in the uh, sort of the summer of ninety of, of, of nine. Used to come and I think every weekend, so like every Saturdays and Sundays on Channel Five they would
1: show uh, the so tribe it, and that's what it was, it's was channel five. I didn't have channel five in the countryside.
0: You must have had it by nineteen ninety
1: nine. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I mean,
0: I get it when it first dropped. Whenever it was, what, 97? You maybe wouldn't have it. Because I remember, I think, one of our teachers, she used to live out in the sticks as well, and she never had Channel 5. But two years on, I mean, surely you would have got something of a feed.
1: Okay, so Sky Digital first came out in 19... We didn't have Sky. We didn't have the original dish. We didn't have Sky either. So, uh... And free view wasn't a thing back in the day, do you remember? Digital TV, like free free digital television didn't come in until quite late, if I remember rightly. So it was kind mm-hmm. of Sky or Cable, do you remember? So And we didn't have Cable, There's, I think that's maybe only just a thing in the village that I came from. And so anyway, it says Sky, was, uh, Sky Digital was launched in 1998. And I feel like we did have it at some point, but I don't think it was straight away. So maybe we didn't. Yeah. Maybe Terrestrial. We're still watching Terrestrial TV. Yeah,
0: yeah. But no, I think um, with uh, The Tribe, yeah, I remember watching it. And obviously, as kids, you're not really looking at the intricacies of acting and Mm. how things are. And I'll get the negative out of the way with The Tribe, and then we can kind of talk about every sort of season and episode. Some of the language that the the actors and the kids were using it was it was really weird because it's kind of like they're kids and they're using like terms and expressions yeah like they'd say um we should reach the city by nightfall and things like that And it's like no kid in the world it doesn't matter where you're from the world no kid talks like that or or i don't know we should be able to reach the city by dusk we'll rest for the night and we'll rest our weary eyes and we'll set off at dawn. It's like, yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic world, but kids don't talk like that.
1: You'll probably still say, should we go in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah. It's meant to be like that. It's not meant to be... I think they kind of took the whole post-apocalyptic thing a little too seriously. Yeah. Where I think they could have been a lot more chilled out and relaxed with the the language and the vernacular instead of just saying things that a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid would never, ever in his life say.
1: I think, like, if you... Sometimes when you watch things from uh, quite a while ago now, I mean, was it 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah, um, 20 years ago. When they look to the future, they kind of still think that language would would get better, you know, like... It's it's got a lot worse, probably. It's uh, funny that you know. said
0: Look to the Future. So the uh the theme song, Look into the Future, what do you see? is actually sung by uh Merrill Cassie who plays Ebony. Really? Yeah, she sings that and she sings um the end theme end credits for season four and five, Tribe Spirit. And I think she does Abbe Messiah as well, which I think was the end credits for season two. So she sings a fair bit in the uh, in the tribe. So, I, and I believe she auditioned for Australian Idol back in like two thousand and six or two thousand and seven. I don't. I think she got fairly far, but I don't think she made it to. Um, she didn't win. She didn't make it to the live shows. Oh, I see. I think she made it to like boot camp and judges houses and and all of that i think they still have those on x factor what (laughs) (laughs) well you're not listening
1: to anything i said Uh, i was you said about judges houses judges houses okay
0: this was um ebony she was a singer and she made it to judges houses and whatnot I think she auditioned for New Zealand Idol as well, and I don't think she got. I didn't even very realize that was a thing.
1: I mean, they've got what four million people in New Zealand. I think there's more people in London. <laughs> I think, what I'm sure London's got more people than, than New Zealand.
0: Right. Let's uh, let's uh run down the uh the seasons of the tribe, and all of the things that happened because obviously there was. So many episodes, like I said, for five seasons, 600-odd episodes. Yeah, I'm it's...
1: glad you're d- you, you've are you you done the episode rundown for this, because I looked at the amount of episodes. It was ridiculous. I was astounded.
0: Like, I can't believe I actually
1: watched the lot. You've watched all of them. You... Not, not obviously, not You now, probably missed the odd one. Not... No, 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 I've, I've seen, every, seen every episode. You've seen every episode. Oh, tri- my. Yeah. So it's literally like, what, 50 episodes to a season and there's five seasons
0: series four was uh, sort of 52 episodes and then I think the last one was sort of half of that so about maybe 25
1: the last series oh how many series are there five so I've got them on the TV and I'm sure there was 52 in the last series I
0: don't remember there being 52 I guess you could uh, I'm
1: gonna fact fact check you
0: I think yeah, if you uh, um,
1: if you do that,
0: but no, I'm I'm fairly sure that the last the last season it wasn't it wasn't fifty episodes. Fifty two. Damn. Well, no, I I watched it all. Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. So fifty two times five, five, and then whatever. Yeah, that was. Hell of a lot of. Uh...
1: So yeah, just just quickly, I did something quite what I thought I thought was quite clever. Mm-hmm. I watched the first couple of episodes, like I said, never seen it before, so I have a kind of no reference point. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, want to you want to kind of get up to speed for this for the for, you right, know, right. for this chat. And I watched the first couple of episodes, and then I skipped right to the end. And I had, so I had a direct, com- <laughs> I had a direct comparison between the first couple of episodes and the bad acting and things like this to the next one. And it kind of went from like, these kids have never done any acting before when, by the time they got to the last episode, obviously because there's still few actors that made it all the way through. Yeah. Um, and the acting was quite a lot better. It was kind of just like a Australian, uh, kind of like, you know, like neighbors or, or home and away kind of feel to it. Right. Anyway, that was my input.
0: Okay, so uh, (laughs) season one. So it kind of starts off with different sort of characters finding their way to the mall, which is run by uh, Jack. So he kind of finds the mall and he's seen all these kind of people from the outside. He's like, oh, for God's sake, I have to let all these people in. And so uh, you've got... um, Bray and Trudy, a pregnant Trudy, she's basically carrying Zeus baby. And they're looking for a place to stay. And they sort of come across the mall and they're all kind of figuring out, oh, should we let them stay? Shall we not let them stay? Lex, Zandra and Ryan, they sort of run into the mall and they're like, you know, oh let us in or we're gonna we're gonna hurt all of you. And then in the end, they kind of sort of say like, oh, we can help you from the demon dogs and the locos and all the, the kind of tribes from the outside. And once they kind of reject, so Lex and Bray, like they are loggerheads from day one. And Lex is basically like, Bray can't stay, neither can Trudy. And then Trudy's water breaks. And so Dal, who's at one of the other characters, he sort of delivers the baby. And because she kind of fancies Bray and she likes him, she, she calls the baby Brady. Kind of like a mix between Bray and Trudy. Brady. And over the kind of the episodes and the, the things, they, they come across all these kind of different people and they kind of join the Morat. So you've got Taizan who kind of joins in and helps. You've got Celine who kind of walks in with all these kind of children. And she ends up suffering from bulimia and she kind of overcomes it with the help of Trudy and Ryan. Jack and Dal, they build a wind turbine and a water purifying system. So the Morat sort of becomes self-sufficient. And Lex, he accidentally kills Zoot. So, because obviously Zoot is brothers with Bray and Bray's trying to get him to, you know... Give up being leader of the Locos. He's saying you've got a kid now, and it kind of looks as if that he might give up the, the the life of being a loco leader. And then he gets into it with Lex, and then he basically falls off the uh, the top of the uh, the mall, and so he kind of dies. And then there's like a tribal gathering where the mall rats are taking part. And they're hoping to trade their batteries for food and they want to sort of unite the other tribes against the Locos and Demon Dogs. And along the way, Ebony kind of sorts of joins up with the Rats because the virus, it appears, is coming back. So they've got to try and find the, the antidote. And basically the antidote is in a place called Eagle Mountain. There's an observatory there. And they basically find out that the... The virus is coming back, and they need to try and figure out a way to sort of do the antidote. And season one ends with a massive explosion in this uh, observatory, so the place just comes apart. And while they find the antidote, season two starts as we find out that Zandra, who's with Lex, she dies, and Amber dies. So, yeah. I thought Amber was in the last episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. We will get to Amber. Hold your horses. Sorry. Amber is very much dead as far as we go. And so the Morats then, they make an alliance with Ebony and the remaining Locos. And so they basically have all of the power because they have the the antidote for, for, for the virus. And so obviously the more rats are trying to give out the, the, the cure, the, uh, the antidote for, for, for this uh, thing, so to get rid of the virus. Lex ends up getting the virus and he's really, really poorly, but he ends up taking the antidote and everything is fine. And then there's this group of people called The Chosen, And they are making their way into the city and basically they worship Zoot. They think he's some kind of like cult figure and they believe in Zoot's ultimate kind of goal, which was power and chaos. And we find out that one of the newer characters, Danny, she has a big secret that it was her father who engineered the killer virus because he was trying to make the elixir of youth. And so Jack and another character, Ellie, find this out. And so the end of season two, there's like this uh, big battle and the Chosen, they've sort of closed in on the city. They're coming in with their power and chaos and they're on the verge of taking over. There's like a, a really dramatic face off between the Chosen and the leaders of the other city's tribes. And they all end up getting killed or disappeared. Bray and Lex end up escaping together. They become friends. And it kind of ends with both of them in a, in a car crash. So they have this sort of little scooter thing and they're driving off. But they end up sort of veering off track. And they, season two kind of ends with them lying on the floor. We don't know what's happened to them. So massive cliffhanger. Season three kind of kicks off with all of the Morats being held prisoner in their own mall as the Chosen decide to make it as their own headquarters. They make Trudy the supreme mother. So she's obviously got Brady and then she's lording it over her former Morats brethren. So they all kind of become slaves and they all kind of have to like work. the Chosen and they're hardly given any food and rations and things like that and basically the Morats who weren't captured so that's Lex Bray and Ebony they end up leaving the city and they come across an eco tribe and Amber is the leader of this tribe plot twist
1: sorry for the spoiler earlier (laughs) 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 <laughs> you didn't ruin the whole thing, boy. <laughs> you were kind of building up to it, and uh, I know I was storming there.
0: I know, but uh, yeah. So, and we find out that when the explosion happened, Ebony actually pulled Amber out, and because Ebony really, really likes Bray, and at the time Amber and De- Amber and Bray were starting to go steady, and Ebony got jealous, so Ebony was like to Amber. There's no place for you in the tribe anymore.
1: She'd done the um, old Simba Mufasa on her. Yeah. And well, well, Scar, Scar Simba.
0: It wasn't, you know, more long live the king and pushing her off the cliff. She no, was I was just thinking just,
1: more like, run away Simba. <laughs> oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, never return Simba. But yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to have a baby with Bray. Oh, no, no. yeah, We had a baby together and... There's no place for you here in the tribe. Me and Bray, we're going to get back together. And Ebony was all scheming and she basically tells Amber to leave. And so Amber leaves and she ends up being the leader of the eco-tribe. And there there she's known as Eagle. And the resistance movement, which was basically the Rats, they kind of kidnap... Trudy and Brady, they kind of take her away from the luring arms of the Chosen, so they kind of because obviously she was brainwashed by the Chosen into believing she's the supreme mother and all this stuff. So she kind of gets taken away from all of that. And uh, in this whole kind of battle, sadly, Dal, who was kind of friends with Amber, he perishes in this battle between the sort of Chosen and the and the resistance movement. And Eventually, the rebels, they overcome the, choos- the Chosen and they win back the city. And so they basically have a citywide election and Ebony, being a crafty old mayor, she basically rigs the election so that she wins. And Brilliant. she makes Lex her sort of sheriff. And what she kind of does is she expels Bray and Amber, She's basically like, yeah, y'all need to, y'all ain't got to go home, but y'all need to get out of my city. So it's what she kind of does. And Amber is pregnant with Bray's baby and they end up going to a barn and she's, her water's broke and she's back to give birth. And in the background, we hear helicopters. (laughs) Helicopters all over. And everyone's thinking, holy moly, we've not seen helicopters since the days of the adults. And it kind of ends with that. And we kind of see these technos coming to take over. And so they're just basically rounding up people and they're just basically taking them away. Bray is one of them that gets taken away. So Amber's thinking Bray's gone to look outside for help. And then thankfully, Trudy sees Amber in this sort of abandoned farm and then you know she helps with the delivery of uh, amber's baby boy and we find out that the technos are led by a germophobic paraplegic called ram and so these technos they've got futuristic weapons they've got computers they actually bring electricity water and food to the city which is very much needed but they have an ulterior motive because they set up this uh, virtual reality sort of game where kids and everyone in the city gets completely hooked on it. And it's kind of like a drug. And basically, the technos are like, if you want to use this VR virtual reality, you're going to have to work for us. And so they're all enslaved. We find out that Ram is married to two women who are twins, Java and Siva. And we find out that they are Ebony's twin sisters. Plot twist! Ah! I have a question. Go for it.
1: Are they identical twins? No. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Question you over. You can
0: pretty much tell them apart. Siva's quite nice and she's lovely, and Java's basically the conniving. Do you said twin. it.
1: You said it was Ram, right? Yeah. I was just wondering if Ram knew he was married to two women. Oh yeah, he know. Or if they were identical twins and he thought yeah, they were just one person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so basically throughout this fifty two odd series, it's basically the technos and they're just basically lording it over the other mole rats and making them get addicted to this uh machine. One of them one of the technos, Jay, he kind of becomes good and he kind of joins up with the mole rats. And he wants to get revenge on Ram because Ram kills his brother, Ved, or deletes him. And yeah, because that's what they used to do with people. They used to just delete them, which basically means that they've sort of killed them. We kind of learn as well, I think Taizan is a techno, but we don't really see her for, for long. And series four ends with Zoot walking amongst the people. He is alive and well, people. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Got him! Zoo is alive! But there's more to this. And now we come to the final season of The Tribe. And basically, the remaining technos, they're trying to assure the more rats who are left that they're willing to cooperate and there's a new tribe now called the Zootists. And they're trying to take advantage of the whole situation in the city where there's kind of a, a lawlessness in the city. And we find out that there's a place called Liberty. It's like a Western kind of village where some of the remaining tribe kind of go there for like refuge. And they try to help out and they're trying to help out the people who've sort of run away so Ram he's basically he gets overthrown as leader of the Technos and he's basically left to fend for his own and left to his own vices and he almost dies but he gets he gets rescued and he gets taken to uh Liberty Liberty and there's a new leader Mega and basically he creates A Zoot character, that's where it comes from. Zoot isn't alive. Zoot very much died in the first series, but yeah, this is a virtual reality Zoot that he creates to kind of cause confusion and and, and madness sort of within the city. Um, Java tries to kill Ebony, but she accidentally kills her twin sister, Siva, and then Ebony kills Java in revenge. So Java and SIVA both die and they're buried next to each other. Very tragic. And we learn that RAM develops an artificial intelligence and it kind of develops way too quickly and it kind of creates a, a new lethal virus and is trying to eliminate humankind as a whole but they get to it in time some of the more rats and the people who are in liberty they get to it in time and basically they prevent the virus from spreading but then the virus container goes critical and it's about to blow up the whole entire city so whoever's left of the more rats they inform the city look you ain't gotta go home but you gotta get the hell out here it's gonna explode it's gonna blow we need to leave the city So it kind of ends with everyone kind of leaving on a boat leaving the city that they once called home and they're all very, very sad but they're leaving and they leave the city and it blows up and that's the end of the tribe.
1: So you kind of ruined the end for me. I was like eight minutes from the end of the last episode. You're welcome. But yeah, there's there's a tribe
0: I think some of the because obviously I just skim I'm skimming through it I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff that I've kind of sort of left behind obviously there's sort of the flashbacks and the backstory so Ebony and Trudy and Bray and Martin or Zoot they all go a long way back so basically Trudy and there's an episode where Trudy and Ebony are stuck somewhere And they're basically kind of talking about their past and Trudy saying to Ebony, I saw Bray first and you stole him from me. And he said, she said, and they go back to their school days. And Trudy was a year below Bray and she was in the same class as, as Martin, Zoo. But she always fancied Bray. She always wanted to kind of be with him. But Bray, he didn't really feel the the same way and he just wanted to kind of be polite and nice and ebony she's scheming and plotting in the background and she's basically telling bray oh um i saw martin and and Trudy talking and i hope everything is okay and they have this like school dance and bray initially wasn't going to go because he was like look my parents are really really ill Apparently there's this virus thing that's going around and my parents, I need to look after them. But he ends up going to the dance and Ebony, being the scheming, manipulative witch, she kind of shoots her shot. And she basically gets her man, which is Bray and much to the horror and dismay of of Trudy. So that was a a very uh, interesting backstory And Ebony, she always had feelings for Bray. And she always kind of told Bray throughout the kind of series, look, I've got feelings for you. I love you. But Bray was like, you know what? I don't love you. It's Amber that I truly love. She's the the one true girl for me. And that was where the whole thing where Ebony kind of tells Bray and Amber to, to do one. And uh, leave the city. So that's and never that, return. And never return. Yeah, she kind of expels them. I was like, you know what? You guys can fend for yourselves. But little did she know that she's getting rid of two of the most sort of potent and powerful people. And they were kind of left to sort of fight the technos all, all on their own. But um, yeah, and also with the tribe, they kind of... A lot of it was very musical in the sense that they did loads and loads of music videos. Some of the songs that they kind of did weren't very, very good, but they were used as part of the, the show. So there's always a song that they would play called This Is The Place, where it's like there's a, a scene where they're all dancing or they're all in a in a room dancing and whatnot, they'd play that song. They play, obviously, The Dream Must Stay Alive, which was the theme song sung by uh, Ebony. And also I think other music videos that they did like You Belong With Me and Everywhere You Go. I mean, frankly, most of those songs are a tripe, but they're all relatively catchy and they're, it's all kind of cute because they're all doing all of that. And I think with The Tribe, there's a, a cult kind of feeling. So like every other year you'll see like a Dragon Con or Comic Con, you'll see the... Uh, the characters of the tribe so particularly Lex he kind of does the uh the comic con circuit and he's always kind of in and around doing his sort of thing talking to fans and it's one of those the tribe is one of those kind of programs where it it picked up a following around the world very very quickly and okay the acting wasn't great but the show as a whole what it was and what it kind of represents and the memories it brings back it's one of those shows where you'll remember it for for many many years to come and as i was kind of watching it and watching the flashbacks and the theme song it brings back an incredible amount of memories and You know like when in the tribe when they have like these reflective moments, you can kind of hear like the the instrumental of the dream I stay alive. So I think I might play that in the background as I'm kind of talking and then bring back all the happy, happy memories and wiping the tears off my eyes thinking, oh, what a lovely, lovely show the tribe was.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was all right. It was good. I mean, I I got quite. I was actually really. When you were talking through what was happening for the series, because I, like I said, I only watched a couple of ones at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but I was really drawn to it, really drawn to the characters and to the story and everything. So listening to you talk about it and listening to you talk through the whole story, I was really drawn, you know, and I was like, I like, and oh, then what I happened? Oh, then what happened? And then... <laughs> but then I kind of ruined it for myself because I knew that Amber was the, in the last episode and <laughs> I did. I already knew that the, the 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 computer made the virus again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't watch the end of You Sport that for me. So cheers for that. I might have to... Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was surprised at how... I was surprised at the fact that I'd never heard of it and didn't know it existed and it was and it was really good you know mm, mm. but not to say that I, should, I know about everything that's good but I mean I, I it wasn't on my radar
0: I don't think because obviously it's on channel 5 it's not an American show it's not a British show so I can kind of see where the tribe can fool by the wayside mm. it might be one of those things where you have to go out of your way and, and seek out and and, yeah. and and watch it it's not one of those programs where it will uh instantaneously instantaneously like pop up i think it's a niche kind of show yeah with a specific audience with a specific fan base to this day i'm guessing so i think that's where it kind of makes sense from your point of view why you would not have 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 seen it or watched it
1: i'm surprised it didn't make it to um I don't want to say mainstream, because I guess Channel 5 is kind of mainstream, but, you know, the kind of CBBC or uh, CITV, I would say they're the two... Yeah. The two kind of children's TV, you know, obviously ones on BBC, ones on yeah. ITV, the kind of children's. I'm surprised it didn't make it there.
0: I think part of it as well is because... I, I was saying, it was a collaboration by Channel yeah, 5, in, right? Yeah, it was in conjunction with kind of ch- Channel 5, so Channel 5 were always going to be the ones to show it, no matter what. But I think... It may have been. I was about to say, is it too deep for CBBC? But then they had Grange Hill, and they had all sorts of. Yeah, stuff
1: I mean, it was, Grange only, Hill. It, it was It was. It's also worth noting there's only twenty twenty five tops minutes episodes, right? Yeah, it's not. It's not. They're not massive. Yeah, uh, but I, guess I remember was... they
0: went on forever, though, didn't they? So it's like fifty odd episodes.
1: Yeah, who's going to commission that? We said Grange Hill was like thirty years, right? It wasn't that long. <laughs> But Grade Hill, I think, only was like 20
0: episodes a season. Oh, really? Seriously. It wasn't something that was too long,
1: maybe even less than 20. I mean, I don't know many, if any, uh, post apocalyptic children's TV shows. Are there many? Maybe there wasn't a call for it back in the day. I don't
0: know. I thought it would have been a lot more. Because I think post-apocalyptic stuff is always something that people want to see. People want to see what happens in the future, and what if there was no parents in the world and it was just kids?
1: Yeah, I think like we we do have uh, kind of. I think just as um, I don't want to say humans in general, but like obviously you look at the movies, all these post-apocalyptic um, kind of ideas you know floating around you've got like um you've got Mad Max you've got um yeah. uh Walking Dead and Resident Evil and you know all all these kind of things what if I mean mm. what if all the adults fell off the planet
0: yeah Do yeah you, yeah and so any lasting memories of the tribe
1: not obviously I think the lasting memories are just going to be of the episodes The most notable thing is that it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. A lot better than I thought it was going to be in the first five minutes of watching it. Um, I'll probably go back and watch a few more episodes, catch up, you know, find out if you just told me the truth or not. The thing about The Tribe is there's so much.
0: And because there's like 52 episodes a season... There's so much that happens within that season. So you're thinking, oh, if I just watch the first couple of episodes and then watch the final couple of episodes, I can get a
1: yeah, a wider picture. But you don't. I was thinking, I had no idea that Amber even went away. But you, you don't. You,
0: you have no earthly idea. Because there's so much. So, For example, you might miss something that happened in episode 34.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's worth noting maybe if anyone's subscribing to uh, Amazon Prime, uh, it's on the uh, the whole, all five series are on there at the moment. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. So there you, you go. So you don't have to YouTube all the episodes.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of nicely brings us to the end of this podcast. I really enjoyed talking about these shows.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I, I really enjoyed all of the shows in this podcast. Every, like every one of them. And I'd never same, heard of any same. of them so everyone was like oh this is really good <laughs> made the head to head interesting as well cause like like two really good kind of TV shows that I have to enjoy what I'm watching right it's, it's just exactly. and if it's I can switch off very early on in a TV show um, I think this is not for me um, I was watching a movie just last night actually and I didn't even get to like you know you always wait fifteen minutes of a movie right and if it's not if it's not any good in fifteen minutes you can kind of kill it off yeah. but I was maybe what seven eight minutes in and I killed it I was like yeah this I, there
0: there was a film recently that I I did it with that I can't remember what it was called but it it was on Netflix it was um it was a UK film and it was about a single mum who was trying to go on a date and then it kind of turned into a musical.
1: Oh, that would be off for me as soon as they started then singing then, it a bit off.
0: I was like, this is so bad. And then I just switched it off. So, then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are probably going to be some programmes that we do that might not be very
1: good. But... No, of course. But uh, my point was, I was like very pleasantly surprised um, with these shows yeah. that are coming out of nowhere. For I mean, me I, and...
0: obviously I knew them and I knew that there'd be fairly good but like I said I I did actually go out of my way a couple of years back and watch every single episode that the tribe had to offer and I was like this is fantastic and awesome if I ever did a podcast one day then maybe I will talk about it but the other two yeah they surprised me at how really really good they were and much much better than I gave them credit for
1: completely agree
0: so yeah um thank you very much for listening to this episode of yesterday's capers um starting from next week in celebration of black history month we're going to be doing black shows it's going to be all black everything baby so sister sister fresh prince of bel-air the boondocks seabare and jamal that's gonna be the flavor for the next coming month. So definitely watch this space, listen to it. It's gonna be absolutely incredible and amazing. So yeah, do do check us out for that, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at yesterday's capers one. You can follow us on Twitter at yesterday capers. Not yesterday's yesterday. You can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. You can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Mowlim. And uh, yeah, as I said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the nice messages and all the nice comments. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.